District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy This my advice, from me to you Open up your cute little podcast queue Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude Pop it in your ear, man, y'all know what to do It's the And I always be traded And I always be traded And I always be trading Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them Fish Fantasyland, what is going on? It is Andrew Schellenberg at AM Schellenberg on Twitter. And tonight we are triflexing with Theo, the OG fantasy. What's going on, Theo? How are you Nothing feeling much. today? I'm feeling awesome. It's day two of the NFL draft. And, and we, I mean, I had a blast watching it last night. I know you did. Um, and it's, uh, it's just an exciting time for us, us fantasy grinders. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate that we have to get, get some uh, old business way and we got to set, set up what we're doing because I, I wish we could just dive right into kind of where we left off in our first podcast rounds one through three and then we gave a little preview of our fourth pick but we'll uh we'll get to that because I think that's a nice segue to the uh to the NFL draft so uh so what are we doing here on the Triflexin pod on the goat district podcast network well Theo and I are in a high stakes fantasy football dynasty auction uh, sorry not auction uh startup draft maiden draft um the new Triflex format Start three wide receivers and a super flex. Uh, we're doing this. We're going to run through our picks. Last week, we did rounds one through three. Today, we're going to try to get through four through ten. Um, little recap of where we are, and then let's segue right into it, kind of how we're feeling about the uh, the NFL draft last night. Um, rounds one through three, we went uh, with our first pick, Saquon Barkley, uh, then A.J. Brown, and then we brought it back with Calvin Ridley. So we did do a, a two wide receiver, one running back start. Um, it is a super flex league. We know we have to start two quarterbacks. We'll get into that a little bit later. We ended last week's show, Theo, with a trade up. We went from the 403 to the 401. And who did we get? And how are we feeling about the NFL draft last night? I mean, we were ecstatic. Um, we we traded up to get Najee Harris. Uh, we moved up uh, from the from the 403. We we traded our 2022 uh, second rounder uh, and the 403 to get the 401. Um, we got Najee Harris. Uh, we thought about Nick Chubb a little bit, but we went, you know, with the slightly younger player with more receiving upside. And we ended up getting, um, I think, a perfect landing spot. Uh, there's some out there that are, you know, a little upset by the landing spot because they're worried about Pittsburgh's offensive line issues. I think that the offensive line can improve. They lost a number of players from an offensive line who's mediocre. Um, and there's a little bit of mystery with the offensive line, but I think that, that it's, uh, offensive lines get get better and worse in the NFL all the time. Um, I think a year ago at this time, we would have all been talking about how great the Las Vegas Raiders line is. And right now, we probably rate it as a bottom 10 offensive line. So I I'm, I'm, I feel with enough confidence in Pittsburgh's coaching staff, that they'll get it right. 
But, you know, we've seen Le'Veon Bell have incredible success under Mike Tomlin. Uh, and now we get a chance to see him get another bigger back who can catch the ball. I mean, it's a it's an outstanding uh, spot. I think Najee Harris is the 101 in most standard FFPC uh, rookie drafts on May 8th. Um, I think that this is uh, this is enough to to solidify in the in the spot, and um, you know we ended up getting the what in my opinion the number one rookie um, as the as the the rookie as the fourth rookie off the board. So we did well value wise, and, and in terms of our our team build, I feel even better because Najee as our running back two, with Saquon as our running back one is a potentially lethal combination, um, not just for the future but for this year as well. Um, I think Najee will be a Top 12 um, redraft running back when it's all said and done. And I think we're, we're sitting, you know, we're sitting pretty right now with our, with our two running backs. Oh, absolutely. So in a super flex start two wide or start three wide receiver league, we, we started two running back, two wide receiver in your right Vo- volume is King, you know, shoot the offensive line stuff into the sun, at least for us, because Najee's going to the moon part in the, you know, astro- astronomy lesson there. Um, right. We, we've seen that Tomlin, right. He runs Le'Veon Bell to the ground and his talent is great. So obviously that makes sense. Like, okay, like maybe he won't do that for a lesser back. James Conner clearly doesn't have the talent of, you know, Bell or Najee Harris and Tomlin ran him, right. We, we know we can get a three down back out of, out of Steelers. And so you, you nailed it. We're feeling great about that. Let's, let's move on to the draft. Um, I am uh, sharing screen. So hopefully you guys can see the draft board. I've cut it off, um, to show rounds one through 10 for those of you, uh, tuning in and watching on the YouTube. Um, As we look at the fourth round, Theo, this was a round where I was really annoying to you. I must have pinged you. (laughs) No, I I I appreciate the chatter. There was was some some freaking out going on, but, but, you know, it's expected in a startup. I'm so so emotional. I I, I live in the extremes. Anything is, you know, everything is either the best or the worst. Uh, luckily, you're much more level-headed, but this is this is a great value round in our particular draft. And I want to talk about just call m- maybe only two players before our next pick. Uh, if you want to talk about more, I was pinging you about we got to trade up, we got to come back up in the fourth round. T. Higgins is falling. Hey Theo, okay, forget T. Higgins. We got to come up. Trey Lance is falling. Let's talk a little this again briefly here about this like fourth round value, kind of where people are like you know should be you know targeting players. T. Higgins fourth round. Trey Lance fourth round. I don't think that we see either of them in the fourth round again. And I think they're going potentially in the opposite directions, uh, given the events of last night. Um, how, how are we feeling? What is this fourth round pocket looking like to you? I mean, Trey Lance would have been very nice to have, um, especially with the news last night that he ends up in, in uh, San Francisco. Um, you know, they, they put a, a, a great deal of draft capital into the trade to get Trey Lance. Um, so I think once once he gets out there with uh, with Kyle Shanahan and that that loaded offense, uh, I think he's going to produce well. I don't know how quickly he'll get on the field, but I think once he's on the field, it's go, it's going to be impressive. So in retrospect, getting Trey Lance would have been great, um, but again, it's what would we have had to sacrifice to move up for okay. me. That's right. Um, and I think that you know the T Higgins, it's. Today, it's there's a lot of scared uh, dynasty managers that he hit on their roster because they drafted Jamar Chase. I, I'm personally not down on T. Higgins. I think we've seen a number of offenses in the NFL support two, you know, top 15 to 20 wide receivers. And I think T. Higgins um, can absolutely maintain that value. But certainly, if, if this happened again today, um, I believe he would definitely go behind, 
you know, Terry McLaurin. He definitely would go behind DJ Moore. Um, and he, he might creep, he would creep back into that fifth round. So in retrospect, it was, it was, uh, it, it was a, not a, I wouldn't say it's a great thing. T Higgins, not on our, on our team, but if oh, yeah. we had to sacrifice a ton of capital to get him, yep. it would have been a bad, bad thing today. Absolutely. So, so luckily level-headed Theo prevailed there on, on the Trey Lance on the quarterbacks, right? So we did, we've mentioned a couple times we're here in round five. Now let's, let's skip ahead. We're sitting here again. I'll say it again. You know, super flex leads start, start three wide receivers and we don't have a quarterback yet. It's round five. I think that what we've seen staring at this board, um, you know, everyone is there's, you know, a pretty clear break after Jalen hurts um, to where if you were doing these startup drafts um, before the, you know, before the NFL draft, um, you know, Deshaun Watson, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance came through. But then after that, like round five was really quiet with quarterbacks until you and I got up um, on the clock. I think there was a couple of options that we were thinking here. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let you kind of lay them out, but we ultimately settled on one that provided us a stack. So why don't you walk through Theo, kind of what we were thinking on quarterback and kind of if, if you're going to do this, I'll call it zero quarterback strategy, right? In a super flex where you're going to punt it for a couple of rounds. What should you be looking at? Like if, if, if you're going to do the strategy such as ours. So walk through our pick and kind of what this like zero quarterback air quotes uh, look, looks like for fellow fantasy managers. So uh, when we made the Najee pick, um, you know, we kind of figured that the fifth round is, we really should absolutely take our quarterback in the fifth or, or sixth round. Uh, we didn't want to risk it that much. Um, and we had come down to, we liked Matt Stafford's situation. Um, we liked Ryan Tannehill. Um, Tua Tagovailoa was appealing in this, this part of the draft. Um, but we went with Tannehill, who's probably my favorite of the three um, for mm -hmm. redraft and for dynasty right here. Um, he was, Tannehill was quarterback seven last year. Um, he had 33 touchdown passes in his first, um, you know, full season, uh, it was 16 game season as the Titan starter. Um, and he had seven rushing touchdowns. Uh, he showed, um, you know, a comfort level in that offense. And it gives us the, um, you know, the correlation play, the stack play, whatever you want to call it with AJ Brown. Um, so, you know, week in, week out, when AJ eats, uh, we should have a nice bump with, with uh, Tannehill. Um, I love the idea of, of having that stack even in Dynasty. Yep. Um, it just makes it a little more dangerous. We're, we're basically betting on AJ Brown twice. Yeah. Um, and I think Tannehill. <laughs> not a bad bet, though. Yeah, what's that? Not, not a bad bet. Not a bad bet at all. And um, yep. I think the difference between Tannehill and the, the Staffords, the Tua Tagovailoa's, the we, we both kind of liked Kirk Cousins a little bit who went at the uh, yep. 610. Um, the difference is Tannehill has that rushing upside. He's a natural rusher. Um, I don't think we can count on seven rushing touchdowns every year, but I think that, um, you know, he'll rush for his fair share of touchdowns. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm fine going into the year with him as our quarterback one. Um, and again, where we got him, um, I thought was, was very good value. I've seen him go in the fourth round of some of these, uh, of yep. some of these triflex startups, and I think we got them at, at the five ten. Beautiful, fine with it. A a absolutely okay. So we we've got one quarterback on the board that feels good. Um, before our next pick, you know, you mentioned Stafford and Tua. They did go before our six oh three pick, so they they came. I think that there was a uh, yeah exactly on the turn. So we ended up going at the six oh three Amari Cooper. Um, what you know, I don't want to hit you with two questions at once. So let's just start here. If Stafford and Tua were on the board. And you were going to do a strategy like ours. You punt quarterback for four rounds. Would we would we have tapped one of those guys if they had made it to us? So I 
I don't think we would have. Um, I think yeah. we would have talked about it and we would have considered it. Um, but at the end of the day, we looked at the – so to take it back, in, in the fifth round, yeah. uh, Terry McLaurin goes at the 505. DJ Moore goes at the 507. Uh, Chris Godwin goes at the 509. So we had, we had looked at um, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, and Allen Robinson sort of as the end of a tier – um, yep. where we really want to get one of those guys. And we, um, you know, we figured if we took Tannehill at the 510, one of them would come back to us on, on the wraparound. Um, and it, we ended up having two of them staring at us with Robinson and Cooper. Um, would we have gone, if the draft was today, would we have taken Allen Robinson over Amari Cooper? Possibly with Justin Fields uh, landing there, I think we probably would have taken Allen Robinson. Yeah, I just started nodding my head vigorously. I just, just like, yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I think, I think Allen Robinson to the moon right now with with Fields. But yeah, uh, Amari Cooper is 26 years old. He's had great success in the NFL. He's attached to what we think is one of the best quarterbacks in Dynasty and in redraft in Jack Prescott. Um, Cooper was averaging 18 points a game in PPR. Um, through six weeks um, with Dak. When Dak goes yep. down, it all went south for that whole offense. But Dak's back. And I think there's in FFPC, there's a, a, a real um, gap between C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper. I, I think that C.D. Lamb is absolutely the bet long, long term. But for 2021, um, I think Amari and him will kind of go neck and neck. I think it's kind of co-wide receiver ones for the Cowboys. Um, and I think Amari is going to, you know, return some value to us, um, you know, over the next few years. Um, so I was very pleased to get him there. Um, Allen Robinson would have been nice, but I'm, I'm pleased we got him there. And if you look at some of the other picks in the, in the round after um, uh, Cooper, Baker Mayfield, we weren't crazy high on Baker. Um, nope. Allen Robinson, obviously we like, but then David Montgomery, we weren't that high on. James Robinson, we you know, certainly we had a bullet there. Um Noah Fant was a nice pick, um, but then Devonta Smith, Mike Evans, Chase Claypool. I think that Cooper offers more of a, of a solid floor than the rest of the picks in that round. So I was pleased to get him. Um, and also, you know, we our wide receiver heavy build, um, we walked away with three wide receivers that we're very comfortable with. We have A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley, and Amari Cooper every week. We feel great about that as our as our starting wide receivers. And um, – it gives us a, a nice cushion um, in terms of expected points every single week. Absolutely, and we wanted ac access to that Cowboys offense, which which will which will come up a little bit later uh, in the show as well as as a tease. Oh, for sure, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And and actually, we're, as I'm looking at the board, you know, if you're looking at that mid six round, and you started to bring it up, Theo, with that David Montgomery, James Robinson, Noah Fant, I think that you can really draw two real lines to the left of that block and um, the right of that block. You know, if you, you see Amari Cooper and Allen Robinson, they did go in the sixth round. I'm going to call those guys fifth round wide receivers, if you will, just for the purposes of this argument, right? Like push those guys up into the fifth round and then look at the Devonta Evans Chase Claypool and then almost like that's the end of the sixth round. And then almost everything that happens from there all the way to round, you know, nine, this huge block of wide receiver tier clears out. I think to your point, and you're making it right, is, is that Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson was the last of that very call it like, you know, next to elite tier. Whereas the other guys, like obviously there's going to be some studs in this next breakout, but as you're doing these triflexes and those rounds six through nine, the wide receivers really clear out. And we wanted to be way ahead of that 
to have our third stud in hand before that started to clear out. So that way we could potentially have access to other positions that weren't wide receiver. So just, uh, just some tips as you guys are thinking through uh, your own startups. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a fair shake. Yep. So, so as, as, as we were mentioning, right, you know, end of round six, round seven, the wide receivers are starting to clear out. We've only got one quarterback in hand. So we get on the clock at seven ten, Um, and I think that this is, um, not a, not a contested one, right? It's not like, uh, you know, hotly contested, but I think that this is one of our first ones that was a little bit harder to pull the trigger on. Uh, Theo, we end up going with a, a double stack, uh, but a double stack quarterback uh, wide receiver combo. Why don't you walk us through kind of w- where we landed and, and, and what happened on that double stack? So we had discussed a, a few quarterbacks, uh, namely Matt Ryan, Mac Jones, Carson Wentz. Um, they, they all kind of, seem to be in this in this tier um matt ryan was a reasonable gamble for us there was at the time that this this startup started um you know there was kyle pitts or a quarterback going to atlanta at four yeah so taking matt ryan a little bit of risk to us um if, if justin fields would have been drafted at at four last night um, we would have been a little upset today, but I think it was yeah. a, but taking Kyle Pitts was an investment in the, in the win now approach from Atlanta. Um, they added a unbelievable weapon for Matt Ryan. So instead of adding his replacement, they add a player that elevates his value. I think Matt Ryan becomes an appealing, um, redraft quarterback this year. He'll be in like the, you know, if you want to wait a little bit on quarterback, the guy with very high touchdown upside who will throw for a lot of yards with not a lot of rushing um, upside. He gives you that. So Matt Ryan is 35. He's going to turn 36 before the season. Uh, but he seems to be um, very solid right now in Atlanta. Um, I would be very surprised if they move on from him after this season, unless they have a historically bad year. Um, yep. I, I see them. I see Matt Ryan having a year window there with Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and hopefully they don't trade Julio Jones, and then he'd have another weapon. Um, so I think it turned out great for us. I think in Triflex drafts, Ryan uh, will be moving up, um, <laughs> yeah. and I certainly, I certainly like him a little bit more than a, a few of the quarterbacks that went ahead of him. Um, and with respect to, respect to the um, to the drafters who took some of these guys, like you know Baker Mayfield and Daniel Jones, um, those guys are are certainly younger. But Matt Ryan. Uh, I mean, I think he's smashed about this year in terms of the value he gives us as our quarterback too. Yeah, Thea, how, how, how about this for good advice? You, everyone should have been drafting earlier before the NFL draft. You, you're not yeah. going to have access to Matt Ryan this, this, this late again, and I think that we're really happy that we had him. So take, take that advice to the bank. You, you, should, you should have started the draft, uh, your, your own maiden draft uh, a couple weeks ago. That, that's our yeah, advice absolutely. on that one, right? Yeah, that's, that's great <laughs> advice. A time, a time machine would be... Would be prudent for, for your yes. startups right yes. now. Yes, everyone congratulate us for, for, for the bet that we made that you guys don't have access. To. There you go. <laughs> That's good. No, we're I mean we're happy about it, right. So our starting so so we punted quarterback for four rounds. We got access to uh the, the Jeopardy uh before and era, I guess Wheel of Fortune before and after the uh Matt Matt Ryan Tannehill uh c- combination. Uh so so we got them in our in our uh, quarterback and our super flex spots. Okay, so then we, we come around, um, we, we're wrapping back around. Um, you, you alluded to it earlier. We had a, we had a decision on the board. You mentioned um, Cooper Cup, LaVisca Chenault. But again, we're in that massive clear out, 
of wide receivers. And, and again, guys, we're in round eight here, so we're sending it away from ourselves. We're 18 picks away from our next pick, again, barring trades. This, this tier of wide receivers is great to have access to. So I guess one of the things that we talked about, right, is like is clearing out either being ahead of this or trading back, trading back, trading back, and maybe having multiple shots in this range. Because listen to who else was available, right? We were citing between Cup, Chenault, Woods, Chark, Debo, Tyler Lockett, Julio Jones for our, you know, a double wide receiver stack uh, with the Matt Ryan. There was a lot of options on the board. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier, we went uh, LaVisca Chanel, kind of where are we landing? Because I think that you and I came to consensus like really quickly on uh, on Chanel versus some of these other guys. So for me, if if Cup was there at the 8.03, at the eight oh three, at the eight oh three, I think we would have argued a little bit more on that. Um, but LaVisca, you know, he, I like him more than most of the rookies who are getting drafted in this, this current draft. Um, you know, I think he has a great chance in, in Jacksonville to be the wide receiver one um, with a transcendent young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence and uh, an offense that, um, you know, seems to be looking on the up, upward swing. So for us, LaVisca was not that hard of a decision. However, no. fast, you know, 10 drafters who they would have taken from this, um, from this range of wide receivers, you might've got, you know, five or six different answers. Yeah. It's a, it's a very, very, um, it's a very, very strong, strong uh, part of the draft. So I think in um, these triflex startups, you know, the, the, you really want to try to walk away with a wide receiver or two in the eighth or ninth round. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to like the way your team looks because it certainly does dry up. Um, I'd say after the 10th round, it's, you start seeing guys yeah. with a little bit more question marks. Yep. And like we said, right, we, we got Cooper in the door as our wide receiver three before this tier and this six through nine, seven through 10, whatever you want to call it, starts to clear out. But having access to LaVisca Chanel or again, Debo's, the Lockets, the whoever's right here. Um, this was awesome to have as our wide receiver four. I think that we're really happy you know, coming away through eight rounds uh, with, with, with LaVisca Chanel holding up the floor pretty high on a wide receiver four spot in, a, in this dynasty triflex. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, I, I think you mentioned it, right? I think that, yeah, I came to consensus on LaVisca because I, I didn't have enough. And I think I had a lot of Debo and, and Lockett overall. And uh, you made the great point that now we have uh, $1,200 worth of uh, <laughs> Visca yeah, exposure. Yeah, you certainly have a lot of LaVisca Chanel. You have a. Yeah, that, uh, the, the, the LaVisca exposure uh, increased and exponentially. I have, I have some, I have a few shares of LaVisca Chanel across my dynasty teams. Um, and it's been kind of the kind of guy that um, everybody's trying to trade for this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody wants to offer, you know, a premium pick for him. He's kind of in that that middle range where you might be able to get like the 110 for LaVisca Chenault, maybe the 109. Most people are offering high seconds. So he's got to show a little bit this season, but he certainly, certainly has the opportunity. Um, you know, he was behind some of these guys like Brandon Ayuk. Chase Claypool, Teagans um, from his draft class, but there's no reason that he can't um, take a huge sophomore leap this year and be considered to be in those guys' uh, range of uh, players for Dynasty. So I'm, yep. I'm pleased with getting LaVisca Schnault there. He, he offers us immediate production and a younger player, um, and we, you know, it's I, I feel great about it. Yep, a- absolutely. Okay, <sighs> through eight rounds, Theo, we're getting up in the ninth round. We start making a list of players because right now we, we right now feel like open. Now we don't have a tight end, side end premium, FFPC. Uh, we don't have a tight end yet. So we start like putting together like a list of like wishlist players 
that we've got. And I think that we got to a point where maybe we said, hey, we have two, you know, two of the next eight picks, two of the next nine picks, whatever it was. We had Irv Smith on our radar. We thought that that was the last of like a, a tight end tier, maybe that we wanted access to. But we really had a couple of wide receivers, I think three wide receivers in particular um, on our list. We had Tyler Board, Boyd, who was really falling uh, in the draft as like a, a PPR guy. We can kind of talk about you know how Chase affects him if you want to. But we were also had on our list Michael Pittman and then Elijah Moore, who hasn't been drafted yet. So we get up at the, uh, at the 9-10 and we say to ourselves, okay, Irv Smith went, we like a couple of these wide receivers. There's no way, <laughs> no way that they go pop, pop, pop and come off before us. We get consensus on Tony Pollard. We only have two running backs. Pollard's great value. Again, we want access to the Cowboys um, team. Hope I'm not stealing your speaking points, Theo. We take Tony Pollard, and I text you immediately without even picks going off the board. I regret this decision. Before you go, then I already regretted it, and then pop, 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 <laughs> go Boyd, Pittman, and Elijah Moore. And it's just like I go in full full caps mode or all caps mode, fire emoji, instant regret all over the place. Like, what have we done? Is the draft over? Pollard's our worst pick of the draft. Talk me off the ledge that you had already done. T talk to me about Pollard because there's a silver lining to all of this that we're going to make in, 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 a, in a minute. So for, for me, I'm, I'm pleased that we have Tony Pollard. Um, I, I think Tony Pollard, again, to compare him to guys in this current rookie draft, or excuse me, to this to this rookie class coming in. Um, for me, Pollard would be if he was available, he would be drafted. You know, probably right there with Trey Sermon and and Kenneth Gainwell. Um, yep. He would go pretty high. I mean, he's 24 years old. He showed his talent last year in the games that Zeke Elliott was out. Um, and he's he looks to me like a a, a player that's rising. Um, AJ Dillon and Tony Pollard are kind of those elite handcuffs where drafters are going to take them within the first, you know, eight rounds of redraft this year. Um, but I think that with the 17 game season, uh, if we get five starts out of Tony Pollard, if, if Zeke takes a step back, we're looking good. We're also looking good. If Tony Pollard just assumes a lot of the receiving role out of the backfield and they start utilizing him more. Um, I think there's so many outs where this pick is going to pay off. Um, and I think the Cowboys franchise seems to like Tony Pollard. And again, we wanted to grab a lot of pieces of, of good offenses. Yeah. And we both think the Dallas offense is going to be tremendous. So, um, and when you look back at it, we were a little upset that we didn't get Tyler Boyd, Michael Penn, Elijah Moore. Um, but, you know, today, Tyler Boyd certainly um, takes a slight step back. Not yep. all three wide receivers are going to be super productive in Cincinnati. I mean, I, I think fair bet that two will um and i think we know which two is jamar chase is the is the truth so yep. to speak i mean i think jamar chase is the real deal and he ends up in an offense where they're gonna pass the ball a lot and they're gonna feature him it's his college a college quarterback um you have the uh the locker room narrative there um it's it's you know we can people are can criticize cincinnati for not taking offensive linemen but they took a superstar um so i'm i can't i cannot hate on them um, so Tyler Boyd probably takes a step back. Um, Michael Pittman looks like a guy who could take a big step forward this year. I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but I, I am willing to bet that Michael Pittman uh, is worth more a season from now. Um, and then Elijah Moore has not gotten drafted yet, but I'm, I'm very high on him. Yeah. We could 
turn things around and I could have Elijah Moore instead of Tony Pollard, we we might do it. Um, but I'm not disappointed in getting Pollard. I think that you can't – hindsight is 2020 in these drafts. You can't always come back and, and criticize the pick you made. As long as you believe in the talent of the player and the situation they're in, then you, you can't really second-guess yourself. So I'm, I'm pleased getting Tony Pollard. Also, we were, we did not have a running back three, and yep. I think he's a he's a very good running back three to have, um, especially considering you know end of the ninth round for him. And if well, we didn't yeah, get there, he would have gone in the middle of the tenth anyway. So it's not like we we reached for him. I think that we got him at appropriate value, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I I, I love going to skies falling mode. I, I as I said, I, I live in the extreme, so I. Almost, almost living in that default immediate regret mode is what gives me life and gets me going in the morning. So I, uh, it, it, it was great. It was great feeling that kind of stress uh, almost immediately. So silver lining, and I'm going to set up my own groan slash. Uh, if I knew where JD's uh, reggaeton horn was, I'd say I called it silver lining uh, earlier, but maybe it's uh, call it a uh, silver and black eye lining. <clears throat> uh, gave us access to a <laughs> to a quarterback. And 1003 that we weren't even considering. Um, we did take Derek Carr at the 1003 eyeliner, silver and black Raiders. Everyone gets it. I think that if we had taken one of the wide receivers and Pollard was on the board, I wonder if we would have came to the same like last minute conclusion to get that consensus around Derek Carr. So like I think that again, going back to it, like I think that taking Pollard and having the wide receivers come off the came off the board allowed us to kind of take that step back and say, okay, what makes sense for this team? And we end up getting Derek Carr, and the punchline is, if you look at the rest of round 10, a, a bunch of quarterbacks started coming off the board. Like, we kicked off a mini quarterback run. So walk us through kind of – Derek Carr wasn't even on the list of players that we were ever considering, and then all of a sudden, boom, that was the guy. That was the pick, QB3. Yeah, so we'd, we'd made a uh, – you know, with, with punting quarterback, we certainly were not going to get um, a, a great quarterback three, but I think that we – when those wide receivers went off the board, and also uh, Jalen Rager went off the board at the uh, yep. 10.02. So when those guys went off the board, it's kind of like we had to take a hard look and try to find the value that was left. And Derek Carr was a guaranteed starter this year. Um, he's not he's not a, a great player, but he's not a bad player. If you have to start him, it's not going to necessarily ruin your week. Um, and I think that we were we were pleased with it, and afterwards, immediately after we took Derek Carr, it started out this kind of mini quarterback run where uh, the following team took Sam Arnold. Then a few picks later, Jameis Winston was taken, and yep. Jameis is one that we Jameis is one that we we actually probably prefer to Derek Carr. Yeah, uh, but there's <laughs> that there's that shroud of mystery with who's starting in in New Orleans. I think that if you let FFPC drafters pick their starting quarterback for New Orleans. 90% of us are going to pay Miss Winston because he's a he's an NFL quarterback and and not, you know, some wildcat quarterback who's uh, right. unpredictable for fantasy. But, you know, Derek Carr gave us a little more stability than Jameis Winston, and we certainly liked him more than Jared Goff, who went off the board at the 10-10. So it was, it was a wise decision in the sense that it got teams to wake up and start taking quarterbacks and hopefully leaves us value in the 11th round. And in retrospect, the one wide receiver that we would have considered at the 10.03 that was left was Hollywood Brown. Mm -hmm. Hollywood yep. Brown went off the board at the 10.11. 
Um, and last night they took Rashad Bateman in the first round. You know, I like Hollywood Brown, but Rashad Bateman is a better football player, and Rashad Bateman is more of a NFL wide receiver one. So I don't think we'd be we would be too excited about having Hollywood Brown right now. So the the NFL draft has kind of really worked out for us in yep. terms of the decisions we made, also the decisions we did not make. So. Right. It's gone pretty well so far. And we, we uh, had a great day one, knock on wood. <laughs> great day one. Great day one. Hopefully no. there's nothing in uh in date if uh Jacksonville goes and drafts a, a receiver that can take a little value off a little bit that would would not be ideal. But um, you know, it's uh I, I can't really think something really hurt us um in this upcoming second and third round. So it's gone quite well and uh yeah, I look forward to um to talking about the rest of our picks uh next time we get together. Yeah, let, let, let's do that, Theo. We'll close out by saying we're through We're through 10 rounds. We've got three quarterbacks in the door. We've got three running backs. We've got four wide receivers. It is tight end premium. Uh, so hopefully in our in our next installment, we uh, we drafted a, a tight end. Um, may, maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll, we'll see how long we, we punt tight end here in this format. Um, Theo, it's been great talking to you. In, in, anything else you want to close out before we uh, we end this uh, this installment of our uh, of our startup draft? No, it's it's been an awesome process, and uh, you know, I, I I'm looking forward to having a strong close to this draft, and um, you know, hopefully doing a couple more of these triflexes. It's just been yeah. awesome, and it'll be interesting to see where the ADP goes. Absolutely, um, you know, next next weekend the ADP is going to be completely different, and um, I think a lot of the early um the early startup startup drafters are going to either feel great about some of their picks or not so great about some of their picks, and that's the uh, the beauty about these beauty. early yeah. early uh, drafts. It's pretty awesome. It- it, 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 it'll hurt so good if it's coming from the opposite side. No, that's uh, absolutely. Theo, this is great. You're uh, you're at the OG fantasy uh, Theo. I am at AM Schellenberg, Andrew, and we are triflexing on the goat district podcast network. Subscribe, download, listen, delete, redownload, do all that stuff. Leave us a comment, leave us a review. Leah, Theo LFG. Yeah, See you guys. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Enjoy the draft. Everyone take care. Mm-hmm. See ya.